0: The 1970s was the era of the disco, and the Eurovision Song Contest was not unaffected. One of the biggest acts at the time was the Spanish duo Baccara. so many were surprised when they, at the top of their career, decided to compete in Eurovision for Luxembourg of all countries. Since the original duo broke up in 1981, they have both continued to perform as Baccara in various constellations. And in April of 2020, I made an interview with Maria Mendiola and her new partner, Cristina Sevilla. Sadly, Maria has since passed away, so I decided to have another talk with only Cristina, which we will listen to here, interspersed with excerpts from the original episode. So I hope that you all have your Saturday night fevers running because this is Eurovision Legends and I'm your younger John Travolta, Emil Lövström. Let's boogie! Welcome back to Eurovision Legends, Cristina Sevilla. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's two years since we recorded an episode about Baccarat for Eurovision Legends. And during these two years, Baccarat have placed third on the British charts with an old song, which we are going to talk about later, believe me. A Mm -hmm. new song has been released. But on the darker side of things, the original (sighs) member of the group, Maria Mendiola, passed away. Sixty nine years old.
1: Yes, it's a pity. It's a great pity.
0: In this episode, I hope you can give us a full picture of the act, Bakara, who was the best selling female duo in the late seventies, and who probably is the biggest act ever to have taken part in the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah. I mean, acts have later reached an international career with great success, thanks to your vision like Abba or Celine Dion and Julio Iglesias, just to mention a few. And last year's winners, of course, from Italy, Måneskin. Yeah, Måneskin. And some others have tried to reload their career with Eurovision, like Bonnie Tyler, Las Ketchup, or Katrina and Waves. All with varying success, in, or total lack of it. But Baccarat were at their peak when they took part in Eurovision, which makes it so fascinating.
1: Yes, in 1978, yeah. I
0: remember very well. You watch it on TV?
1: Yes, with my family, yes.
0: Uh, if we take it from the beginning, uh, the original members were Maite Mateos and Maria Mendiola, both born in Spain, and from the beginning they called themselves Venus.
1: Yeah, right. They met each other in the Spanish uh, ballet TV uh, from, from the Spanish TV, the first channel, because in 1978 it was only one or two channels. Now uh, there is more, of course. And Maria was the one who proposed Maite the idea to make a duo together because they thought the career for a dancer, it was shorter. And at this time, they contacted to an agent in Madrid. Uh, He sent them to a club in Zaragoza. It's another city close to Madrid, 200 kilometers. They started in this club, and after three days, they finished the contract (laughs) because they were too elegant. This was so funny because at this time... Uh, started a little bit after Franco they started to be a little bit more open about uh, the sexuality and things like this you know yeah yeah and in this they were very elegant and in this club they were a little bit more more (laughs) sexy or more and of course they were sexy but they were elegant and and they were finishing the, in this uh, uh, club in Zaragoza. Maria called her, her ex-husband, and he was the director of a hotel in Forteventura called Hotel Tres Islas. And this was in January uh, 1977. And they started to do this show under the name of Venus. One day, the director of the hotel said, Okay, girls, tonight you have to perform very, very good. Because tonight coming uh, managers uh, from, from the RCA, and he was Leon Dean. And Leon Dean was the one who discovered them. And after the show, he asked them to go to Hamburg to make a test. And they were very surprised because <laughs> they didn't believe that. Because, okay, do you have a record company? Of we don't have a record company. And once in Hamburg, they met uh, Rolf Sawyer who was the composer of Jesu Reckenbugi, and, yeah. and Frank Dostal. And they made one test uh, with Jesu Reckenbugi.
2: Mr. Your eyes are full of hesitation. She makes me wonder if you know what to... I'm a sensation. You try me once, you'll beg for more.
0: And the first release song was Yes, Rack and Boogie. Yes. uh, Which became a great success early on and sold 16 million singles in a year. Yeah,
1: this is amazing, amazing, yeah.
0: And that made them the highest-selling female duo to date and put them in the Guinness Book of Records.
1: Yes, uh, I sold this uh, book. Uh, Maria has uh, still uh, this book. Mm-hmm. And she was, of course, very proud. It's like a fairy tale, you can imagine. Eh?
0: Yeah, and Bacchera was also the first female duo to reach number one in the UK.
1: Yes, it's true.
0: Yes, yes. And also the first act from Spain ever to reach.
1: Yes, before before Julio Iglesias. They were number one in, in the UK before Julio Iglesias. Yeah. Julio Iglesias was very big in Spain. It's, it's still very big in Spain.
0: Yeah. uh uh-huh. What was it you think with these two ladies with panting sensual singing in English <laughs> with a strong accent that made the whole Europe fall in love with them?
1: I think uh, I think uh, the, the the strong accent seems to be attractive when when and sexy for someone to listen in a different language. For example, I live in Germany, and for the German people to sing the English accent is uh, really sexy. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was maybe the the key to to open the hearts of many people in in Europe.
0: Yeah. Do you remember when you first heard them?
1: Of course, of course. I was with my family, with my parents. I was 12 years old and I was uh, watching the Eurovision Song Contest at home because we were watching uh, the Eurovision Song Contest in family. I was fascinated with Baccarat, one in black, one in white. And so elegant the so beautiful ladies. Amazing. For me, I was fascinated.
0: At the same time, in Sweden, we had a band called ABBA. Yes. Who, like Baccarat, were loved all over the world. But in Sweden, they were considered too commercial and many were ashamed to say during this time that they listened and loved ABBA. How was it in Spain with Baccarat in the seventies? Was they openly loved in the media and among the people?
1: I'm not sure, but of course they were. They were. Um, they had a great success in the whole Europe, and of course they came to Spain. But uh, the reaction of the Spanish people was not so nice at the bo- at the beginning. I don't know why, but uh, like uh, I don't know how to explain. It was like. Uh, what, what are doing to Spanish ladies singing in, in Europe, in English, yeah. and having a great success? Eh? Somebody uh, with very bad uh, mood uh, used to say they look like two German sausages. This is a bad taste.
0: Oh, that, that's, that's a shame. That, I mean, it's awful that the Swedes were not proud of their biggest music export ever during that time. And the same for Spain. It's, it's so sad.
1: Yeah, really, really sad. And Abba were very, very, very loved in Spain. And Still, that was
0: very loved in Sweden.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's crazy.
0: <laughs> uh, some months after the first hit, the song "Sorry, I'm a Lady" was released. Yes. Which proved mm. everyone that they were not a one-hit wonder act. Yes. And together with other disco bands like Bonnie M, they dominated the charts in Europe. Yes.
2: Hello stranger, you're a danger to the law I know they here. They don't
1: It's a very feminine song, but not feminist. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely.
0: absolutely.
1: Uh, it's, uh, sorry, I'm a lady. Uh, don't play this game too quick because I'm a lady. Yeah. Those gentlemen in grey, you know, can yeah. hear me say and things like this. It's very feminine, but not uh, vindicating something. No, They didn't pretend to any kind of vindication no, with this song.
0: Has there ever been a problem that uh, feminists have uh, accused? uh... No,
1: I don't think so, because the the, uh, feminist movement uh, was a little bit later. In the 70s, this uh, game uh, of attraction, like to be a lady, a woman, and things like this, you know, Uh, I don't think uh, it was... uh,
0: An album was released in late 1977, which sold double platinum in several countries (sighs) and topped the charts in more than 10 countries around Europe. So when it was announced that they were going to compete in a pre-selection in Luxembourg to reach Eurovision, I I believe many thought it was strange.
1: Uh, Yes, could be, because uh, they were in the top, top of the world. Two big artists like Baccarat, two ladies... uh... Uh, they didn't need to go to a festival at the, at the beginning to, because they were very well-known. Exactly. But as far as I know, Luxembourg did not have at this moment a real representative local artist. Hmm?
0: During our interview from two, 2020, Maria told us how they were chosen. We, 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 we listened to her comment.
3: Well, RCA and the composer Rolf Soya, who was giving us the song, and telling us that they will play this in a video in Luxembourg. They were five artists and they will play it on the TV and the people should uh, vote by telephone who they wanted to represent Luxembourg in 1978 for the Eurovision. They were showing our videos several times on TV in Luxembourg And from these five artists, the 85% of the people who was calling was voting for Baccarat to represent Luxembourg. That's
0: why. So five songs competed in the pre-selection in Luxembourg, and Baccarat Uh wasn't the only act from abroad. In fact, all the five competing acts were from different countries and were known names. We had Jairo from Argentina, who finished yes. last?
1: Yes, it's very
0: well known in Spain, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lillian Saint Pierre from mm-hmm. Belgium, who later would compete for her home country in Eurovision 1987 with the song Soldiers of Love.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The Danish singer Gitte Henning, who had a big career in West Germany at the time. Lamp and fever, yes, yep. know. And had represented them in 1973
2: in Eurovision. <laughs>
0: And of course the French singer and composer Jean Paul carat who had won the entire contest the year uh, before with the uh, song Loisson l'enfant.
1: Oh, this is a beautiful song,
0: yes. La
1: da da, la da 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 da, la Sorry I don't know the text. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's a beautiful song, yes. Yeah, lovely song. So there were big names competing, but the absolute biggest name was, of course, yeah. Baccara. Yeah. And by a margin of 18 points, they won and got to travel uh-huh. to Paris where the contest was held. Yes. <laughs> what has Maria told you about her memories from Paris? Wow, a lot of memories. Oh, I, I, if you pay attention
1: uh, in, uh, in the video, uh, they were a little bit nervous. Yeah. But especially nervous was Rolsoya because he was conducting so quick. <laughs> if you if you see the, the the video again, and if you pay attention, you can see the the, the two dresses. Are hooked during the choreography, yeah. But they sort this problem very well out because they were so experimented dancers, and in one moment they separate. But if you see, uh, it was uh, close to be a disaster in the the, on stage. But it was uh, Maria. Remember the, the the festival and this moment very, very with a lot of love and affection.
0: I heard a rumor that uh, it was a bomb threat.
1: Ah, I thi- this I didn't know.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I, this I didn't know. I know that uh said this in an interview that they were afraid because of a bomb threat.
1: Ah, but uh, this this I don't remember.
0: Okay. Oh. Uh, I remember that Maria told me that she didn't like to compete in contests, but was yeah. it persuaded to line up? Do you think she regretted it?
1: No, no, I don't think so. Of course, Maria said that uh, if she will uh, somebody ask if she want to to go again, wanted to go again to the Eurovision Song Contest, she will say no because uh, she's not a person who like to compete. But, uh, I think she loved it. It's a, it's a nice memory for, the
0: her, for your whole life. They were styled by the iconic beauty salon, Maison Carita, and with dresses from the fashion <laughs> house, Dior. <laughs> that sounds expensive. Wow. So expensive. So expensive.
1: I saw both dresses, eh? Yeah. Emil. Yeah. Uh, one, the, the one for Maite and the one for Maria. Uh, the hair styling was fantastic. Absolutely, uh, they were they were absolutely wonderful on the stage, but uh, the RCA told them, "Okay, girls, we have won a lot of money with you, and then you can spend what you want." And they went to Christian Dior, and she enjoyed. They enjoyed a, a, a model, but it was a, a colored. It was another a, with, with, with several colors, no? Okay. And then Marc Bohan made this model special for them mm. in white and in black. Mm. This is a dream for any woman, you know? Absolutely. And, and it was uh, about, uh, I know the price, it was half a million pesetas. And this time it's about nowadays 3,000 euros. Yeah. In 1978. Uh, that's a lot of money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Especially for 1978. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was a lot of money. Um, did she still have the dress? Yes, both of them. Both of them. What was the thing that Maite always wore black dresses and Maria white? It was a
1: a decision from the beginning. And really, I don't know who chose first. Because both of them were very thin and very has a nice body, both of them. And the problem is when you were white... Is a little bit more uncomfortable for the cameras because uh, white uh, you can see everything, uh, yeah. but in, in black is always more. I don't know how to explain. Uh,
0: ah, I, I totally I, understand. I totally understand what you mean. But was was this the reason you were you had to wear white in both backdrops?
1: Yeah, this is the reason. When I were because Maite still had the the, the black color and Maite, Maria turned to black because. She has bigger uh, size from the chest, you know? And then black uh, reduce a little bit the figure. Yeah. And for me, white, uh, doesn't matter because I I, I feel very comfortable with white uh, since 22 years. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy anyway. (laughs) But I don't know the reason why one choose the black and another one choose the white. I don't know, really.
0: Um, You have already mentioned here that much money was invested in the participation. And I wonder, do you know if they got paid?
1: I don't think so. I don't know. I have no idea. But you can imagine after they have spent a lot of money in makeup and styling and pff, they were the queens of the RCA. Yeah. I don't know what could be happen in the internal decisions now. the. Pff, of the company of the jury, I don't know.
0: Despite Investor Money and a great song, Bakara only I say only got a seventh place. And several yeah. jurors ignored the song. I know today, a seventh place is, of course, great success. Of course. But, of course. but if we look at it from 1978, mm-hmm. I think it's very strange that several jurors ignored their, their song.
1: Yes. Uh, well, the winner was Abani Bio Boebe, of course.
2: Abani Abani
1: But uh, uh, I don't know how is the system of the the jury and things like this. But anyway, Parlez-vous Francais uh, was a big hit as well. Uh, Still, today is a big hit.
0: Parlez-vous Francais is still an evergreen in Eurovision circles. Yes, Uh, yes. And you have been toured around Europe for the Eurovision fans. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Please tell us how much love you have got from Eurovision fans around Europe.
1: Amazing, Emile. This is amazing because every time we sing uh, uh, Parlez-vous Francais, every fan knows the lyrics and answer with us. Aha, la langue d'amour de l'été. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> they answer every time. This is lovely to sing a song and, and see how participate the people uh, with us. is fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic, really.
0: <laughs> when Eurovision celebrated 50 years in the TV special titled uh, Congratulations, the yeah. Israeli winner Dan International performed the song on stage. Yes. Did yes. they never invite you to perform?
1: I think they will invite us, but maybe we had another, we were maybe in another country at this time, in this moment. Uh, one girl or one guy from, from Israel was inviting us, but... Uh, I think we were, we had another compromise, another show in another country, uh, maybe in Russia, maybe, I don't know, I don't remember.
2: Lady of the island, on Sunday afternoon, what he says, what they do, was it lovely as Paris can be? he yes, asked me parle du français? If you don't...
1: But anyway, we were together with Dana International and Conchita Wurst and Ruth Lorenzo, Betty Misiego in one festival, Euro Festival in Madrid in 2014, uh, sorry. It was very nice to meet Dana, to meet Conchita Wurst, uh, to meet uh, all the, the, the big uh, artists from Eurovision Song Contest.
0: Yeah, and I know that Dana International is a big fan of Baccarat.
1: <laughs> I know she was making. We were doing a photo with with her, and then she was very proud. And the manager came to us and and said, "Thank you for doing this photo because Dana adores you." And oh wow, <laughs> fantastic!
0: Marie and Maite continued together for some years and recorded four full length albums in total together. And Shall we listen to some of their biggest hits? Okay. Do you have any favourites in particular?
1: One of my favourites is Darling. Postcards from Amsterdam, phone calls from Birmingham, and they are loving to to stay together again. This is very romantic. I love this song.
2: Postcards from Amsterdam
0: In the previous episode we recorded together, Maria had nothing good to say about her ex-partner, Mighty, and since I didn't want to kill the mood of our great chat, I didn't want to ask too much about the split in 1981, but you have been working with both of them and have probably heard two versions of their split, so I ask you, what really happened between them? It's
1: difficult to say. Of course, I know the two versions, but in my opinion, after listening the two versions, I think uh, uh, it was one conflict between the 50% of her voices in the recordings. Yep. And the war started, of course, with Sleepy Time Toy, because Maria realized that her voice was not there in the final mix, and she asked uh, for a new mix. Uh, One day, she arrived into the record company, and somebody told her hey have you listened to the new to the final uh, mix from sleepy time toy and she said no and then uh, somebody uh, bring her to the to the studio and and put the the version and she realized that her voice not was not there only only it was the ah mm, you know these uh, sexy things that maria used to do but really her voice in the in the song it was not and, uh, Maria asked for a new mix and Maite thought that her voice was more marketable than Maria's voice. And she was not agree with the new mix. And then Maria put into court to the RCA company and she won. And that's, that's right. That is nothing, nothing more to, to discuss because my, Maria wanted the, 50% of her voice in the final mix.
0: Yeah, um, probably
1: it was in the contract. He it was it was in the contract. It was in the contract because Maria was a, a um, single uh, daughter and Maite was for Maria like a sister and this uh, broke her heart a lot and uh, she said okay I don't want to fight against Maite, but I want my, my rights. Yeah. But Maite didn't want to uh, to do a new mix. That's why what happened and I saw some documents and everything. Yeah?
2: Sleepy time toy Wonderful boy Fly away with me Sleepy time toy Oh, I enjoy how you play with me Gente will
0: So what happened after that?
1: Well, it uh, happens that uh, they uh, were obligated to do a new album. Of course, what a disaster.
0: Yeah, but without uh, Rolf Sawyer and Frank Dostal.
1: Yes, but, but in another direction. Yeah. Eh? And then after they are reorganized, they split up and then they, they try to organize uh, different duos because uh, they pr- they test uh, to do a solo career, both of them.
2: Yeah. Come on, come on, come on.
1: some things uh, separate okay 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 but both of them realized that uh, the duo was the most important thing and well uh, after they reorganized the both duos maria decided to rename baccara new baccara in order to establish a difference between maria's uh, mighty uh, mighty duo eh? after they they were using the same name baccara because they were original founder in my opinion the they, they both uh, had the right the same right to use uh, uh, this
0: is so fascinating. I want ask did they both earn the name? I know that they of course were the original members, but did they earn the name Bakara?
1: Yes, because they were co-founders of of uh, the name Bacca because they were they had the the same right because they were co-founders of the of Baccarat. And uh, it happens also as well with, with bonnie m, you know? Yep. When they separated, when they split up, uh, it was four bonnie <laughs> yeah. One bonnie m from Maisie. One bonnie m feeds Liz Mitchell. A lot of bonnie but they maybe probably they have right to use the name.
0: Yeah. I know that there was a big problem last year with Genghis Khan. Maybe you have met them too.
1: Yes, I me- we met them. We met them in several uh, concerts, yes. Yep.
0: Yes. Uh, because I know that Ralf Siegel told me that he had uh, put uh, one of the original members in court because he had used yeah. uh, the original name Genghis Khan.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It happens the same uh, in uh, about 2013. Maite had patented the the name of Baccara, and Maria was fighting against this patent because Maria has, of course, right to use the name. And then finally Maria was winning and then she has uh, registered the name as Baccarat Fit Maria Mendiola. And now when she died, uh, I think uh, all the rights now belong to her son.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, How did you become a member of the group in the first place with Maite?
1: (laughs) Yeah, this was in, in 1999, uh, when Maite uh, was searching a new partner for this new album project, Bacara 2000. And in 1997 and 1998, I was uh, participating in a Spanish musical program called uh, Songs of Your Life in Spain. Uh, I was in 22 programs. Yeah. And Maite called the broadcasting company because she was searching professional singer with experience enough with cameras, and of course, uh, who was able to speak English. And after Maria, I was the sixth partner of Maite. She called me and after a couple of weeks, we started in Hamburg to record the Baccarat 2000 album.
0: And the album was released in 99? Yes. With new songs and new versions of the biggest hits. And Baccarat went up to the charts again around Europe. Yes,
1: it's true. Because uh, Maite told me at the beginning that Maria was doing nothing in the market. And then I I asked, what happened with your partner? And now she's doing nothing. Okay, and then I I believe that I suppose that we were doing Baccarat again from the beginning, from the, okay, with a new project, with a new album. Yeah. Because Maite had six partners before me, but with none of them, she had a record material, you know? Yeah. And then it, it was released, this album, and I was very happy.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 ladies and gentlemen. 1999, new and improved Baccarat. For you and yours, check it out The party goes on and on And you don't even have trains
0: To work with Maitha.
1: Well, at the beginning it was very good. After a couple of years, she started to complain about me. <laughs> she thought I was very fat and I was not a very good dancer.
0: Oh, sorry to hear.
1: Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, after the, the second album, Soy to Venus, we were talking about this Soy to Venus later, I suppose. Yes, in, yeah. th- in 2004.
0: You and Mike yeah. took part in the Swedish pre-selection Melodifestivalen. How come?
1: Well, uh, it was uh, Ture Ture Siversen. Maybe you know because uh, he was our manager, and Maite's his husband. Yep. Uh, he's a Norwegian uh, composer and musical producer. He uh, was a aus- uh, as well producer from Jan Yep. And he had a lot of connections with some with some people, and he was discovering this um, company Lion Hearts at the beginning. And they offered to us to do this song, Soy to Venus, and participate to the Melody Festival. But we were very happy because we made a complete album. Yeah. And the title of the album is so, as well, Soy to Venus.
0: Was uh, Soy to Venus the only song you choose from or were you offered other songs as well to compete with?
1: No, no, no. It was only uh, uh, Soy to Venus. Yeah. Soy Venus was the one who was chosen to go to, to Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah.
0: Do you know who sang on the song in the first place, or or was it you that submitted the song to the committee? I don't. I'm not sure
1: because uh, I, we were uh, between the fourth, fourteenth, or twelfth. Or, I don't remember very well how many artists uh, were competing to in the Melody Festival. And... Thirty-two. Ah, uh, thirty-two. Okay. I suppose this was a question of the record company to send the song to the committee. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, they said yes, and then we were participating directly in the Melody Festival. I suppose that, eh?
0: When we talked the last time. Maria couldn't hold back her opinions about your participation. <laughs> Shall we hear what she said about it? About it, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Maria, have you seen this performance? I was seen. <laughs> How are your relations to Soy to Venus?
3: Oh my God. <laughs> if I am very honest, for me it was awful, <laughs> terrible. And the ending with these Swedish flags. I was getting a shock. I was laughing. I must be very honest, you know. I I cannot lie
0: to you. I I appreciate that you don't lie.
3: No, I don't lie. I don't lie. I cannot lie because I was crying from laughing. (laughs) (laughs) We were crying from laughing. We couldn't. Okay, I was not liking it, to tell you the truth. I was feeling ashamed, you know. This is what I didn't like. Okay, they perform. You can say more or less okay, but this with the flags. Oh, my, what? Yeah. Idea. But I like. I like the song. I like the song. It, the yes, song, the is... song is not. The song is not bad. It's not bad. The
1: song is the, nice.
3: The, the flags.
1: Oh. <laughs> she was absolutely not agree with with this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, and she didn't like the flag dress you wore. Well. What was your opinion about it there and then and now? <laughs>
1: Well, in my opinion, it was good. This was an idea from Maite and I accepted because I said, maybe it's a surprise for all the Swedish people that two Spanish ladies came at the end with uh, the two Swedish flags, like saying, thank you, Sweden, for supporting us, you know? Yeah. So in my opinion, it was not a very bad idea. Of course, uh, Maite was the boss at this, at this time. eh? You know, I was following all the direction that Maite said. Okay, we have to do that and do that, and then at the end, the flag, yeah. Swedish flag. I said, okay, yes. Yeah. I, at the beginning, I, I thought it was a good idea, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the opinion of the Swedish people, eh? Swedish audience. And for me, it was a very, very nice experience, because it, in front of 18,000 people on the stage, it was, for me, uh, unbelievable. It was a nice, nice experience.
0: Yeah, and three million on television. Oh,
1: of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't rem- I didn't remember how many watchers on the television. But all the the, the musical things that S- uh, Sweden make is fantastic. <laughs> but it was nice
0: anyway. It was a nice experience for me. You ended second to last in the semifinal with Soy to Venus, and not very long after that, you quit working as a backer. member together with Maite. Why? What happened? <sighs>
1: Uh, in my opinion, the album was very good, but maybe not for Mighty and Ture. They started to discuss about the final mix, and the company decided not to do any kind of promotion. Our last show was in June uh, 2004 in the Canary Island, and nobody, none of them, told me that it was our last show. One month later, a fan called me. He was telling me in secret that Mighty was rehearsing with another girl. Oh, no! it's true And they were I don't know why They were not happy With the final mix For me it was fantastic I keep my album "Soy to Venus With with a lot of Love and affection as well But not for them I don't know why I don't know why
0: Do you have any Favourite song From the album?
1: Yeah Many Many Love Tattoo For example Yeah To Venus of course and oh I there is a song, that, there is one song that I, I sing along. Ah solo. A solo song. Yeah. It says Eyes of a Stranger. Okay, we play it here. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I
0: really- after several years, you will be tired of singing Baccarat songs, but obviously not, since you were only a few years later, you would join Maria Mendiola's version of Baccarat.
1: <laughs> yes, because at the beginning, I, I, I thought that my Maria was doing nothing in the music panorama. I was pregnant with my second son, and after my pregnancy, Maria suddenly was calling me, because uh, Maite, uh sorry, uh, Marisa was uh, sick. You know.
0: Yeah, her, her former partner. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the the, the current performer partner. And then uh, she called me, and then uh, I was very happy to contact with with her. And at the beginning, it was a little bit strange, but suddenly we connected to each other very quick. Yeah. She was for me from the beginning like a sister for me. Nothing, nothing compared with with my relationship with Maite. In the period with Maria, um, the decisions were fifty percent. We were choosing fifty per, uh, percent our our uh, decisions. What What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Of course, Maria was the choreographer, and Maria has more experience than me. And um, I think uh, our show had a, a little bit more power than uh, my show in my in my period. You know. I only can speak with, uh, in the period of, uh, I I belong to Baccarat these six years. Yeah. But uh, working with Maria was so amazing and it was so fantastic and it was totally different.
0: Did she let you feel that you were as much as a member of Baccarat as her?
1: Yes, I think so. Beautiful. This was fantastic. Maria was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) No words. I have no words to describe. We were like family. Maria and me, we were like family.
0: When you had left Maita's version of Baccarat, she and yeah. her new partner Paloma Blanco released a new album together with Baccarat's old composers and producers, Rolf Soja and Frank Dostel.
1: Yes, Paloma Blanco was the girl who was re- uh, rehearsing uh, when I was, uh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this I know after a period I could see the new album, Bacara Black and White, I remember maybe. Yep. Yeah, and then I don't know how it was because uh, I know that uh, Rolf Soja uh, lived in um, Canada and maybe they were doing the, the, the album in Hamburg as well. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. Because uh, since I uh, left uh, the, the formation with Maite, Ture and, and that, I I had no more contact with them.
0: Did Maria stay in contact with her former composers and producers, Frank and Rolf?
1: I... Th- think so but uh, she had decided in this time to to split all these uh, contacts from my uh, you know yeah uh, she was working with uh, Luis Rodriguez in 1985 and 1988 yep from and then uh, she was doing a lot of success with uh, Fantasy Boy and Call Me Up and i think uh, they turned to another direction you
2: are just my fantasy boy
1: with Luis Rodriguez. Our latest album is produced by, by Luis.
0: Yep, and it was released in 2018, titled I Belong to Your Heart. Yes, yes, yes. And that became quite a success in Eastern Europe.
1: Uh, I suppose, and I think, well, I know, because uh, my uh, Maria and Maricé they were doing a lot of shows uh, in the DDR. These uh, programs and these uh, shows, they were uh, very popular as well, because uh, in the DDR, all this programmation were uh, to, to Russia. And they were very popular in Russia because of this, because they were doing a lot of work in the DDR in this time.
0: Yeah. Would you say that ba- the biggest market for Bakaram today is Russia?
1: we are very 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 loved in in russia in the last 11 years we were doing a lot of shows in in russia and like uh, autoradio or retro fm and there's millions of russians see these these
0: programs no? yeah i've seen those shows on youtube and it looks amazing it's amazing it is, it is how a... many thousand people is it in the audience there
1: and the audience in the Olympic Stadium uh, is about uh, 30,000 people. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> absolutely crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: But, you know, I can, I could feel myself very, very comfortable there. Yeah. Uh, absolutely not nervous. And, like, uh, you know, like, to be at home. It yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. 30,000 people crying and, and shouting. <laughs> Amazing.
2: I love you, Moscow. This is my secret of love. Thousands of emotions are shaking my heart. Kissing your lips, I'm feeling devotion. It's like an explosion. Please love me strong. This is my secret of love.
0: In late 2020, the song Yes, I Can Boogie went viral after that the <laughs> Scottish football team sang it in the dressing room. <laughs> yes. Please, what happened
2: there? Oh, yes. The, the, the
1: question, the responsible was uh, Andrew Kosidae, mm-hmm. who made a funny video for the bachelor party. And with all these friends with costumes, we know with red lipsticks and so. Yep. And when they win in against Serbia in the shoot, uh, penalty shootout, uh, they were celebrating in the, in the, in the studio, in the, in the sorry, in the... Um, dressing room. In uh, the dressing room. They were jumping and they were shouting, yes, sir, I can boogie, like, like crazy. <laughs> and they went, this video was, uh, went to viral in the, in the, in the in internet.
0: Yep. <laughs> And the song went up to number three in the charts in the UK. Yes, Yes, it's true. (laughs) That's amazing.
1: Amazing, unbelievable. Especially for Maria, because she was happy like a girl. Uh, She was on the phone the the, the whole day doing uh, more than 40 interviews uh, in a short period of time uh, for the Spanish TV, for the English TV.
0: Last year, 2021, September 11th, Maria lost her battle against cancer. Mm-hmm. And died at sixty-nine years old. Yes, this came as a total shock for me and yeah. many fans around the world. Yes, what was it for you? For me,
1: it was terrible, and not only I lost my partner, I've lost my best friend. She was for me like a big sister, and I knew I knew about her sickness for many years, but I didn't. I didn't expect it was so quick. And, uh, fortunately I could say goodbye on the 7th of, uh, September. See, she called me on the 2nd of September and she said, Chris, I'm not very good. i say, okay, okay. And then I said, okay, I go to the hospital. And when I get, went to the hospital in Madrid, it was the last time. But I could uh, uh, say goodbye to her on the 7th of September. And she died at the 11th of September. My big sister went away. I was crying a lot.
0: How do you want us to remember Maria Mendiola?
1: She's always in my mind, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Still, she's always in my mind because normally she used to call me every day, 7.15, because she knows that my son goes to school with the bus at 7 o'clock. She was a big humor sense. And then I will remember her like this. Yeah. Because she was fantastic. Everybody loved Maria, When, when, and, and she was a very charismatic person. She was a very strong woman, uh, at the same time very sensitive.
0: What does this mean for you and your career as a singer? Is it over with Backara for you now?
1: Well um some fans and agencies and friends are asking me that I can continue with another partner and maybe I'm I'm thinking about this seriously because uh, friends of Maria uh, our manager in Germany uh, our manager in in the UK Christina you must continue Christina you must continue maybe with another partner I have a candidate I have a candidate that she's a very good singer, and maybe we can we can do something. Of course, Mighty will continue, this, this I know. But uh, it's a pity that our, our work that we were doing the, during 11 years is for nothing. But uh, the question is, the pandemic will it let us or not? <laughs> and then maybe I can give a surprise to all the fans. <laughs> but always with respect and love through Maria. Bakker is is an institution. (laughs) My husband compares this like the Bayern Munich. Everybody goes to see Bayern Munich. Maybe they are not Franz Breckenbauer anymore, but they they come in new players. But people used to go, still to go to, to see Bayern Munich. Maybe we can compare this uh, to, to And uh, Maybe we can give a second chance to, to, the new, to this new uh, generation. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see what happened. It depends on the pandemic. And maybe I can give a surprise to the fans.
0: Looking forward. <laughs> it's now more than 40 years since the original Baccarat split. Yes. Did Maria and Maite ever settle their differences? Never. <laughs> Has might uh, made any statement or commented on the loss of her ex-partner, Maria?
1: I can tell that uh, she was complaining in the social media because of some wrong information. Somebody was confused. In some new newspapers, somebody thought that she was the one who were died. But they were not uh, having any contact uh, during 40 years. They met one day in, in one uh, hotel in Russia, but they didn't talk together.
0: Do you have any contact with Mite today?
1: Absolutely nothing. Absolutely not.
0: Only some <laughs> months before Maria died, you released the single No Sir, Don't Say Goodbye. Is this the last thing we will hear from Baccarat, you think?
1: Well, I don't know, because it not de- doesn't depend on me. You know, and uh, we were recording uh, in May two more songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course we could maybe uh, but it's not my decision it's decision of the record company. I still have I still have the contract with the record company. Yeah. We we must talk about this and maybe they they can uh, release these these uh, songs in the future like a tribute to Maria. Maybe maybe I hope uh, but this uh, it depends on the record company what they decide to do with this material.
0: Thank you so much, Christina, for taking your time to talk about Bacha again oh, with me.
1: It was a pleasure for me. It is it's the first time that I'm really opened my
0: heart in an interview like this. And I'm very grateful that you did it with me. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much.
0: And I hope new doors open for you, Christina. And- I hope
1: so, Emil. I hope so because it's a pity that this beautiful music and uh, is lost for the for the. For the
0: end. and thank you for making us dance and sing to backwards music for more than 20 years
1: <laughs> thank you i hope for many years more
2: goodbye <laughs> just